Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, no, I don't think so. NXT is still going on, but you know what, folks? We're going to start this show off correctly. All right. Let's get her started. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Tonight, we will be joined by Ethan Everhart, Iowa's favorite son. So, with that being said, I got, you know, a few things I got to get off my chest. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so, you'll be joining us shortly at 9.05 Central Time, 10.05 My Time. As you hear in the background, Tim Ballard versus Roderick Strong. NXT has been actually fairly decent tonight, folks. As you hear live in the background, this is something new I haven't done in a while. Let me crank up the volume just for you a little bit, you know. Live audio, I do not own the right. Two World Wrestling Entertainment audio recordings for NXT. the conclusion of NXT's main event. For those of you wishing to watch it again, you can catch live streaming on Peacock, the streaming app that will be featuring WrestleMania 37. Ethan Everhart will be joining us soon, folks. Six minutes in, actually seven minutes in. I got a message, my guest. Anyways, folks, 
if you did not catch NXT, man, missed something. Also, AEW Dynamite, I capped that on DVR. I'll be going over the results <coughs> as best possible. AEW Revolution, catch on the Fight Network for $49.99. I don't know if they've got special deals going on the Fight app, but and let's see here. Lately, yes, there's been a rivalry between a lot of folk in AEW. That's kind of funny, dude. Wrestle underscore radio is the Instagram. You can catch us on Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. By the way, this is Off the Rails Uncensored, and we're getting close to the five year anniversary from when this show actually was born. Ladies and gentlemen, Speak of the next heart of all hearts, the future of NXT, the future of AEW, maybe. Please welcome to the show Iowa's favorite son, my new coin phrase nickname for this awesome dude, Ethan Everhart. Welcome to Off the Rails Uncensored, my friend. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's another day in the effing neighborhood, man. <clears throat> Out here in New York, it's Yankee baseball season. We're all happy in Arizona. We're kicking ass. Also, starting to get nicer outside. It's not feeling like the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean out here. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's it's going good. No, you're good. So, right out of the gate, welcome to the show that has platform for every wrestler, male, female, doesn't matter what you are on my show, you can say whatever the hell you want, so long as it's, it, it, it's within reason, sorry, I'm stammering tonight. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions that I I went over with you when we spoke to one another over social media, so Ethan, I got a you know, quick question for you right out the gate, so what inspired you to become a professional wrestler, and what what was your main reasoning behind becoming a pro wrestler? Did you just be like, oh, man, I'm going to pick this up because I'm good at sports, or am I, I'm going to pick this up because this looks like something really cool to do? I it all started, I went to a WWE show down in Wisconsin one time and seen John Cena and people like those. And ever since then, me and my cousin just became hooked and, uh, we started doing wrestling down in my grandpa's basement at like 12 years old. Ever since then, I've always been wanting to be a pro wrestler. <clears throat> and uh, if I may ask you, I ask every wrestler this question. Who is uh, who are you currently training under? Uh, Impact Pro Wrestling down in uh, Collins, Iowa. Wow. Pretty cool. So... Um, let's see here. How long have you been working? Uh, it's been about a year and a half now. A year and a half? Awesome, dude. So you just fresh in business. Cool. Um, so, out of your year and a half of wrestling, I normally save this question for the tail end, but I'm going to ask it right out the gate. Have you ever encountered someone that was very off-putting, Fade you cringe and go, wow, dude, really? Did you seriously just ask me that question? What's the weirdest thing a fan has ever done or asked you to do? And you're like, uh, that question, please, or next in line. Yeah, 
Um, it's actually just last week. Uh, I was talking to a fan, and he just kept going on and on about how he knew people like Rick Flair and all those people. And the story he was telling was like, seemed like a whole bunch of nonsense. That he didn't know. Like, okay. Did you ask him for pictures? Because I would have. The first thing I would have yeah. asked him was like, "Well, do you have any picture proof, my man? Because if you know the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, he's a nice dude. He can also be a crab. Trust me, I've known that from experience, and I do have picture proof on my social media. Uh, well, Ric Flair and staying and access, but not just that. Yours truly was an extra, and boy. You, Say the wrong thing around that guy. He lets you know. And just Rick. It, okay, <laughs> for a guy to say that he knows Rick Flair. Now, see, folks, Ethan didn't mean to, but that kind of sets a trigger off in me. It's like you know somebody, do you now? That's just a that's a red flag right there when you start saying people's names and then you don't have any picture proof or. Uh, I guess maybe he was probably excited, Ethan, to to meet you or something. You know, people get excited when oh, yeah. they meet wrestlers, right? Yeah. Sure. So, so um, let me ask this next question. So, when you started out in wrestling, did you ever have that moment in the ring? You're like, okay, yeah, man, I can pick this up. Or did it take a while for you, you know, on your first bump or your front flip bumps or learning, like, the craft of pro wrestling? Like, what was... What was your first experience bumping in the ring like? Was it fun? Was it nerve-wracking? Were you nervous? Yeah, I'd say I was pretty nervous starting off. Everything was new. You never know what you're getting into, especially when you get into a wrestling ring. First bump was... It was was not not anything pretty. Well, I forgot to ask you, dude. So... I noticed your gimmick kind of looks like Chief J Strongbow, a little bit of uh, Tatanka. Was there any reasoning yep. for that? Is that for J J Strongbow or Tatanka? I'd say more leaning towards Tatanka. Uh, I actually okay. met him down at a midget wrestling show. He was helping down down there, and uh, he's, he was a big influence in my wrestling career. So. Definitely a gimmick that I like to represent. Now, I know this peeves a lot of workers, but uh, do you prefer working both heel and face? Or is that you love being a heel so you get the crowd getting the booing your ass out the building? Or or do you like being a face and, and making the kids smile and kissing the babies? I definitely uh, work towards the face. It's something I just like doing more often than the heel side. Um, do you prefer working tag or solo? I actually just got into tag teams, but I'd say solo is definitely something I like doing better. I, I you know, a lot of guys that come across the wrestling is okay. So I, I'm out of curiosity. I asked. Certain people listen. I know this gets to be a redundant question. Have you heard of the Monster Factory? The Monster no? Factory? Yes, with Danny Cage. Uh, yes, I've heard a little bit about it. I'm not quite sure what it's all about, though. 
Okay, so that school has housed a lot of big names, and I always promote it on the show as Danny being a very blunt and straightforward dude, and he's a good dude. Um, okay, that school is responsible for Tatanka, uh, D'Lo Brown, Godfather, Tammy Lynn Stitch, um, the Douglas Brothers. Let's see who else. Okay, Balls Mahoney came from there, King Kong Bundy. A lot of big names, and they're a really good school. In other words, long story short, man, if Danny opens up a summer camp again, I would suggest going because it's very, very beneficial. Sometimes they have names like Rudy Gonzalez show up there, Les Thatcher. Um, Hurricane Helms was up there at one point. He's a very nice dude. Um, How do I put this? That school in Paulsboro is – there's a reason why there's a tagline, the world famous. I mean, Seamus come out of there. The Good Brothers came out of there. I'm sorry if I'm rambling, my dude, but... Um, no, you're good. But uh, it just... It, they left a really good impression. I mean, because, you know, I was... True. I was thinking, okay, you know, I got things figured out. Oh, this school made me uh-huh. think back and go, oh, wait, shit, I got to go back to my arsenal as a manager and actually put forth an effort in a promo, which I thought, okay, I was stupid enough to be like, okay, I'm going to tear this entire situation down. I'm going to be the best. I made myself look like a fool. So that school, it helps you realize who you are and if you really want it. I mean, look who they've – Matt Riddle came from there. Um, uh, You know, Steve Cutler come from there. There's a lot of names that come out yeah. of Monster Factory is what I'm getting at. So that's why I always ask guys and gals, like, have you been to Monster Factory? Because if they like you, if not if they like you, it's he. Danny is like, he's probably going to be like, why are you kissing my ass, dude? <laughs> but, <laughs> I got to ask, you know, like, outside of Monster Factory, have you – okay, so on your travels starting out in wrestling – did you feel a sense of comfort around the people you were traveling with? Is there like a camaraderie, a brotherhood? Or did you feel like, man, I'm really, I don't know what to say to these guys. I'm very shy. And uh, if so, like, what was your travel experience like when you first started out? Um, at first, it was, it was definitely something different. I had a group of guys that lived uh, nearly close to me. And we would travel up to shows down in Des Moines. I'd say at first it was definitely pretty awkward. But we definitely came really close and became really good friends down the road after doing shows That's together good. routinely. That's good, man. So, okay, Ethan, so if you had to choose a company, like, I mean, every wrestler is going to say this answer. Well, any company to pick me up. That's great. But if you had to pick between NWA, WWE, NXT, or uh, New Japan or Ring of Honor, which company stands out the most to you? Because I, I've, I've asked people this question. They don't really give me a straight answer. Some do, some don't. But i got to ask you straight out, which company would tickle your fancy if you could ever work for them? I'd definitely say between AEW and uh, NWA. Um, they just NWA? look like really cool companies to work for. 
And it's because <coughs> sorry. And it's because you you feel like you could fit in the mold or you know, what's the what's the main reason? Uh NWA I'd say all the promos they do, all the old school vibes you get from those shows and everything and how it's just starting to rise and keep getting bigger. That's true. I mean, they've got Tim Storm. They've got, I believe, I don't know if they still have, God, I forget her name, Thunder Rosa. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Thunder Rosa is a good um, acquisition they had. And uh, the story they have is very intriguing and compelling. And, you know, most people don't get this, but I got to ask this question. So do you ever watch anything outside of pro wrestling? Can you ever watch it the same now that you're on the other side of the curtain? Cause I always, I always tell people it's a hell of a different when you're a fan compared to when you're a worker. Cause you kind of know when the interference spots are going to be run. Some fans are good guessers and shit and they kind of ruin the show for everyone. In my opinion. Do you ever feel <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Do you feel like some fans take it too far with how they complain or do you feel like, man, I'm just here to entertain, and I don't really care what the hubbub's about on social media? Uh, I guess I guess sometimes, you know, you see a lot of it and it's repetitive, but I really don't care if, as long as I get to entertain people. That's when I see. See, and that's a rare, I mean, not just you. There are a lot of my guests that say, you know, it's a word for the fans, you know, we wouldn't be here, but I was like, no, it's kind of a bit of both. If it weren't for you guys, the workers, we as fans, and I said this last night on my show, we wouldn't have mm-hmm. anything to complain about. We we really wouldn't because there's no audiences other than the moment. You know, New York, they're slowly but surely letting audiences back. But, like, I, yep. that brings me to my next question, my friend. So if you had to pick any world-famous arena out of – Madison Square Garden, the Tokyo Dome, um, even in, you know, Des Moines and Iowa, you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm terrible with arenas. I'm not very well-versed. I'm not like Jim Ross, who's like a connoisseur of arenas because he's been doing it for 40-plus years. But if you had to pick a famous arena and a worker or a tag team partner to face a tag team as a solo, who would you pick your opponent or opponents to be? And what arena would you face them in? I'm a big fan of, like, I'd really want to uh, wrestle Sean Shawn Michaels in the Madison Square Garden. Definitely be a dream match. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, I've only had one other guest that says Shawn Michaels. I don't know. They're like, well, Shawn Michaels was a prick, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, dude, <laughs> in wrestling <laughs> – and, you know, he started wrestling at 18, so he really didn't quite mature until God knows. For sure. you know, are we are, – you know what I'm saying, dude? I got to say this to all the people listening. Do us men ever mature? Is that even a thing? Because <laughs> there's some of us – I mean, there's some of us that still laugh at fart noises at 38 years old. Yeah, I'm going to let out a big one, Jimmy. Ho, ho. Yep. I mean, that's the honest to God truth. That's, I just got asked the question on Instagram. I was like, is this guy? I said, well, yeah, I mean, 
in the, is the goal in wrestling, and ask this next question, segue, is the goal in wrestling to be like someone or to be your own character? Um, I'd definitely say be myself. Uh, even with the gimmick to try to throw your own stuff in there, you know what I mean? Be able to that's, that's show your own character. Yeah. Biggest thing that <laughs> I'm not an instructor. I've just observed. I'm not an expert. I just listen. I I like hearing other guys and gals tell me, okay, this is what wrestling is for me. This is what wrestling is about. You know, you got to own your gimmick. You got to own your character. And I love how some people are like, well, I want to be similar to this guy. I want to be similar to this guy. Well, why can't you be unique like a Nikki Cross or a Brian Pillman or a Griff, uh, Garrison, a Griff Garrison or whatever? And they said, well, why AEW? I said, look, I have to be fair as a broadcast journalist to observe what other wrestling companies are doing. And mm-hmm. um, I got this next question. Have you... Heard of a gentleman by the name of Brutal Bob Evans? Who's that again? Brutal Bob Evans. Have you heard that name? I have not. Okay, so Bob is a very good guy for, you know, one of many for advice. And he always says, like, very nice, very good things about advice. For pro wrestlers just starting out or have been in the business for years, like it's like having a customer on eBay. You gotta serve your audience well, you gotta serve your customer well. So like I feel like I don't know if he's I think he is still doing seminars. If you get a chance, my friend, if he comes to Iowa, go to his seminar. Okay. Yeah. Bob is very, very good at nice advice for telling you, okay, does this, does this point in the match make sense to you? Is it telling the story? Does it have a good build to it? Does it have a good middle or a beginning, middle, and end? Um, one of the things that I can read from him, because he has he posts every day. It's a very good – he works in Ring of Honor. He's worked there for a very – he's delirious his right-hand man. And he'll say, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's very close, you know, uh, near and dear to a lot of workers' hearts because this guy is the nicest dude you will ever. Very tall, very. Okay, he's a neighbor in the East Coast. Um, he's from Boston, and like I said, he worked in ring. He's worked in Ring of Honor. He was a WWE extra for years. Um, because I don't know why, but that's just Uncle Bob for you. Uh, let's see here. It says. This is what he says, and it's really good. If you're in the business and offended by people calling it fake, you're concentrating on the wrong things. Stop trying to sell stuff to people who don't want to buy. They will never be your customer. Move on. Plenty of fish in the sea, just not one. I'm just not this fish. Stop trying to justify your existence. You're here. You exist. You belong. Showing people you don't understand your injuries isn't going to help. They'll either respect it or they won't. Most of the time, it's somebody passing by making a dumb remark they ha- they haven't given one second of thought to. Give them a break. They don't understand. They never will, and that's okay, because we don't do it for them, because they, because it's not for. And then he emphasized them, and he says it's for them. So, 
his advice, I'm pretty sure that's pretty confusing at the end when he adds them. What he's saying is, um, you know, like you can't convince everybody that wrestling's, you know, a sport. You can't convince everybody that wrestling is not, you know, the thing at heart because people still gonna make fun of you. I gotta ask you, man. So, in wrestling, we deal with a lot of people that, oh, you know, wrestling's fake. It's not real. You know, my favorite ever saying from Jake the Snake. He on Dark Side of the Ring goes. You know, the people had to think, you know, they're from Tennessee, folks, man. People fake, wrestling real. <laughs> I I, lo- I love that because there's so many people in this world that don't get it. Like, for me, it's wrestling, mm-hmm. whether it's independent or WWE or whatever, it's, it's a form of escape. I don't know if, what is wrestling to you outside of training, outside of working a match? Is it like a release is it cool do you get to be somebody you're not like is it what is it what is professional wrestling to you as an individual is it something that you as a hobby do or is it something that you want to eventually turn into a career i definitely say it's something i'd like to turn into a career um i just get i just get i guess like a adrenaline rush every time i'm in there and get to do something that I love. And it definitely definitely feels good. You have a lot of brothers and you have people around you and family. You guys all become really good friends and create a lot of memories down the down the road. So, you know, during wrestling you get asked the stereotypical question, you know, does it hurt? Does it you know have you ever sustained an injury where you're like, man, I can't go, just roll me up? Or have you ever said, you know, to yourself, like, oh, dude, this is not feeling right. Let's, you know, let's do the take home. Have you ever had that type of moment in the ring? Um, fortunately, I've been able to stay pretty uh, healthy as far as injuries and stuff. There's always times that I'm always like, oh, I tweaked my shoulder, this or that, and... Next day, it'll be fine. Other than that, just bumps and bruises is all I've had, thankfully. Did you, Ethan, did you play any sports outside or before professional, like football, lacrosse, tennis, anything? Anything that kept you active and, and on the go athletically? Uh, yes, I played uh, football and track. Okay. Not during high school. So the weight training and the, and the football is to kind of help transcend you or help prepare you a little bit for pro wrestling. But I know you hear this saying probably from your coach or your trainer, if you don't condition, your match is going to be the drizzling shit. Is that true? I definitely say that is true. Because <laughs> yep. definitely, definitely a lot of conditioning and cardio involved in wrestling, whether you notice it As a fan, not, I've never – yeah. As a fan, I've never seen dude out of shape, and that's the honest got truth. They're like, well, I'm sure there's some guy in the Indies that's uh, a past his prime. I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> out east, yep. you're going to see out west. In the Midwest, you're going to see dudes that are old, and they've already hit their mark, and they're just trying to entertain fans, you know. But uh, I got has there ever been, out of a year, year and a half working in this business, has there ever been a dude 
or somebody that you came across, we were just like, I'm not going to say shit. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. This dude's a big prick. Have you ever, and you don't have to name names, but have you ever come across that one guy where you're just like, really, dude? You don't have to be a dickbag. I mean, if not, it's cool, dude. I've, I've never really came across someone like that. Uh, yeah. I'd say everyone's usually pretty cool I've, that I've met, at least. Of course, it's by... There's probably people in the locker room that may be pricks, but not anyone that I came across. What? That's, you know, good because a lot of times, you know, those guys like, I know so-and-so, blah, 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 and I'm just kidding name names, but I had one guest who appeared on my show. I don't know if he was inebriated or he was sober, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> To hear him say, I challenge Ricochet, you motherfucker. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> my show, for some reason, is the platform to either get drunk, challenge someone, or they're like, here, you know, this is, uh, this is my, I was like, so that's why I put the tagline on Off the Rails Uncensored. This is a show where you can platform and promote your social media and anything you want so long as it remains cool. And if not... I've, I've warned guests before, I was like, you got to get the hook if if I hear someone's name come out your mouth, but this dude, it was already far gone, so I'm just like, really, Ricochet? You're challenging Prince Puma? <laughs> the dude who has more credibility in Japan, here in the States, and outside in like five different continents that you can think of that know him by name? And I was thinking, I was laughing. I go, well, I can't really pull the hook on this dude because he's funny, he's funny as hell. And I'm just like, okay, if you're entertaining to me, cool, I'll keep you. If not, then I'll just look at you going, huh? What, really? You know, so, okay, so um, I'm just asking this question. So do you think wrestling – in Ireland, you ever what states have you been wanting to get a hold of, you know, and expand your portfolio through as you get more experience? Where do you want where do you see yourself going? I want places like Texas, Florida, uh, New York. Places like that for sure. It's just yeah, because warm climate and so, how would you even describe your offense in, in pro wrestling? Would you describe yourself as a ground and pound submission dude? Would you describe yourself as high flyer? Or would you just describe yourself as I'm just. I, I hate guys when I'm just basic. There's got to be more to your fucking character than I'm just basic. That shit will grate on my nerves as a fan. Like, oh, so you're just bland and generic. I, should I really pay my ticket to come see you? In the East Coast, we're bloodthirsty assholes. Let's just say, and we mark out for ourselves. Some of us do. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So how would you describe how your offense in the ring is? You're a baby face, so you just told me. Are you a high Mm -hmm. flyer, ground and pound submission dude, or do you incorporate everything? I'd say a little bit of everything that I can. 
uh, still trying to explain, expand on everything that I've been doing. I try to come up with like different stuff that nobody uses, headbutts and things like that that you don't see often. Fast strikes, I guess. Okay. So, yep. what was the biggest or what was the hardest part for you during your first time training? Was it like getting the basics down or was it learning like how you were going to do? You know, like clothesline or drop kick or headlock takeover or side headlock or, you know, arm drag or drop down leapfrog, shoulder tackle. What was the most, what was the hardest thing for you to remember your placement ring? Was it the Memphis drill? What, I mean, what was, okay, let me just dumb it down. What was the hardest thing for you to learn when you started out learning? I definitely say, like, the, the chain wrestling. Uh, aspect of it. Uh, I started off with very little of what I knew and slowly expanding, of course. What's the one thing that sticks out that your trainer tells you every time that you're in one of his sessions? Like, or, you know, like, what what engraves in your brain? Like, this man, okay, I got to learn this. Okay, dude, do you ever sit and practice with a notebook and write down what your trainer says or... Do you like what is your what is your main MO for learning? Do you are you a better visual learner? Do you write stuff down? What do you do? Uh, if I it's hard to pick up on something, I always watch people before me and usually I'm a visual learner. So once I do it, I see it, then I do it and keep repeating it. Repetition, I get it down pretty fast. That's cool. So, anyhow, so uh, that follows Israel, man. There's been a few people looking into it. Got to close the blinds here in Brooklyn. Jesus Christ. Um. Anyways, past the odd, uh, you know, things going on in my neighborhood. Um. Is there any particular place where you've been like wanting to wrestle on the indies, like in a big fashion, like maybe wrestling Revolver or Triple X wrestling or? Uh, God, I'm trying to think here. There's a lot of promotions in Iowa, Central Empire States wrestling. Um. So you said Texas, Florida, like all the warm states. So you get Arizona. Um, I gotta ask, man. So, Bill, based on your size, do you consider yourself like a big time key player in the near future, or you said like I gotta humble myself, I gotta ready myself, I gotta get ready, I gotta train, I gotta prepare, or do you come into this thinking, okay, I show my confidence and I know what I'm about, so I know what to do to succeed, or do you just sit there like, okay, I'll just take it as is and I'll learn as I go. So out of those three options that I just listed, like, mm-hmm. how do you perceive yourself as a worker? Do you see yourself as confident and I got this? Or do you sit there saying to yourself, I can learn this shit as I go? Or three, man, of those two options, I, you know what, I'm just going to go in there and do the best I can. I'd say a little bit of confidence is something I'm gaining right now, but Usually it's going there to do best you can, keep learning, 
and just keep um, keep absorbing uh, information. So, on the mic, I, I ask this question also. I know I'm asking. I'm sorry, dude. I'm asking you a series of questions. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. How how do you view yourself as a, as a promo level? Do you see yourself as a like a novice, like okay, I got this, I got the general idea, or do you see yourself as one that like I'd like for somebody to speak for me? I'd say in between. I'd say not the best at promos, also not the worst, I guess, but definitely need some work in all areas. You know, I mean, like I said, the people, there's some people that aren't really the greatest on the mic, but they make up for it in the ring. Like, well, Timothy yep. Thatcher's not bad, but uh, I'm trying to think of a good, okay. Aaliyah. See, that girl's been in NXT for almost seven years now. And trust me, I know this because I remember when she first started, she really was shy, they tried her out as a baby face, but then Robert Stone came along and helped complement what she was doing. Sometimes it takes a manager or a valet to help out, like, God, you know, I'm so still ticked off about the whole Zelina Vega situation because she reminded me so much of Sensational Sherry in a way that she could get down and dirty and, you know, create a distraction outside the ring. Do you think – I'll ask you this next question. Do you think some managers in the indies try to put themselves over the wrestler a little too much, or do you think that some managers that you've seen or worked with are doing their job? I'd say uh, it depends on the manager. I've seen – I guess I've seen a little bit of both. Uh, I see people who might try to put themselves over a lot which I don't know. I'm still still very green and still very new if that's good or bad or how they fit. But I've also seen very good ones who participate in the match and put themselves in a place where they can elevate both the wrestlers. And themselves, yeah. Um, the reason why I say that is because from experience of a manager, managers are not uh, well-perceived in the indies because there's really no place for us unless your name is Jim Cornette and God rest his soul, Bobby the Brain Heenan. So the reason also I say that is because I learned a lot from Monster Factory from two managers that taught me, I said, just stand on one side of the ring and wait for you to distract them. Don't be too eager. Just, you know... Only look back in the crowd, you know, only a few times, not, well, you know, this time. Just the basics. And I really appreciated them for that because I learned from a group of people that were not the greatest. And then I went to go to actual training. And when I say actual training, actual training. Okay. Like, this is how you do a proper bump. You know, this is, you know, this is the uh, role of a manager. This is a referee. This is a bell keep. This is how you set up the ring. And I was very, that's why I said, dude, and I'll reiterate this from the beginning of the show. If you have a chance, save up some money and fly yourself to the PHL in Philadelphia and then have somebody take you to Monster Factory, 
Um, I don't know if Danny still does You can sleep at the Monster Factory. They've got a shower there. And it's with, you know, all the amenities you get to learn. They feed you. They've got a Philly cheesesteak place, like, not even a block. It's right next door. Um, it's not only for the food and for the leisure, man. It's for the learning and making yourselves better. Because Danny, he's like, I follow a model that all the wrestling companies follow, and I just, you know, try to prepare my students for the, you know, the best. And it's like, wow, you know, a friend of mine who's also a wrestler, uh, Kurt Gannon, he and I both were at the camp, and they were telling him, hey, you know, get behind your manager, you know, make, you know, squat down so make him, make emphasis, you know, you're the wrestler, he's, you know, talking you up. It was, it was really cool because, like, it was very hands-on. And managers, there's maybe two or three of us there. Yeah. And we learned a lot. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling on about this, but... No, it's fine. Have you had to... Uh, are, you, are you familiar at all with ECW? ECW? Mhm. Yeah. Right. A little bit. Okay. So uh, I asked this sometimes. I mean, in a while. But if you had to pick any ECW star, past or present, to align yourself with and learn from, who would it be and why? Uh, I'd say maybe like Taz or someone. Especially a hometown boy. Yeah, that's a good. Of course, my, in my brain I'm going, oh, that's <laughs> a hometown dude. Yes, for fuck yes, yeah. yes, dude. Thank you. Taz is the realist, and he is okay. He's gonna be dead honest with you. He's like, okay, this is you know what wrestling's up. This is what you do in the business. This is what you go through. I have only met him once at WrestleCon. Um, I only got his autograph because my broke ass could not afford an autograph and a picture with him. But I actually met him a long time ago. <laughs> Back in 2000. Oh, really? Yeah, 2000. Let's see here. WrestleCon and all that stuff with me. All but he was, at a, he was at a bookstore in New York. I don't know if that bookstore is still there because there's a lot of stores in New York closing down right now. But uh, he's about my height, and he's intimidating as hell, but nice as, nice as all get out. Anyway, where, where are you from? I said Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? What part? I said, uh, in suburbia. He goes, he goes, I'm not really from Red Hook, just so you fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no. I was like, I'm from uh, Marine Park. And uh, he goes, we're Ryder Street. I said, how'd you know? Because that's where, you know, a couple of my childhood friends used to live. And I would take the queue to go see them. I was like, that's interesting because I take the queue to work and I take the B home. Because sometimes the queue takes forever to fucking get to. God almighty, I'm talking about training on a fucking wrestling show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so like, out of your, um, tra- okay, so you said you travel locally. And when things pick up again in wrestling, I think they're slowly but surely adding a crowd. Are you curious at all what us East Coasters are like as far as a wrestling crowd goes? The East Coast? 
Yeah, are you curious what we'll, what we would be like, you know, to perform in front of? Yeah, I'm really, really open to anything, honestly. East Coast would be really cool. Uh, There's a lot of, okay. What's funny is some people be like, did you hear our chant that we started? And I said, did you hear me give no fucks about what you <laughs> just said? And then there was one instance where a guy, I'm going to tell this story. I was at Barclays on the SmackDown Live after WrestleMania 35, okay? I'm sitting in the fucking nosebleed trying to just, you know, enjoy myself and watch the show. I'm not caring about who is the heel, who is the baby face. I just want to see a show. I'm sitting there, this guy's yeah. talking to his girlfriend, and he goes, well, you see, they put there was a break apart, right? And it was up on the ramp, and he's like, we see they put the babies with the babies and the heels with the heels, and I turned right to him and said, which promotion do you fucking run, and how much are you going to pay me? And he turns and looks at me and goes, what? And I go, if you're going to use jargon, have you trained the fucking day in your life? I went off. I said, I'm trying to enjoy a fucking show. Can you shut your fuck, or fat fucking lips that is not going to get you laid by her? She doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. And two, I'm like, a little price, man. Can you just sit back and enjoy a wrestling show instead of, you know, using your smart terminologies, please? I was like, well, who are you? And I said, dude, I once upon a time... When I was 21 years old, and I'm not going to give you my life story, he goes, thank God. And I said, but you're going to fucking hear it anyways. I said, when I was 21, I went all the way to Kentucky to find pro wrestling because I was a big Jim Cornette mark. And I wanted to train. And he's like, he doesn't train wrestlers, but he works in FCW. And I saved all my money just to spend time outside a hotel. Okay. Because I couldn't find wrestling training in Missouri. I didn't have enough funds for them. But I found enough money to go all the way to Kentucky. Though That doesn't make sense. I go, Kenny Bowen at the time was, you know, he still had a wrestling school that was up and running. And he told me the same thing. Dude, you need to get in shape. You need to look like a worker, first off. He goes, if you're not a worker, then I can just try you out as manager or referee. And... I didn't make it as that either because I was out of shape and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And then cried all the way back home and somehow enough got a job when I came back, saved up money, went to Florida, tried out for this thing called NXT. And people were like, really? I said, yeah, dude. you know how fucking insane this shit was? people coming in that didn't have any experience whatsoever. The only big fucking name that came through that fucking wall or curtain was Ashley Flair. And that's it. And I remember yep. like they had it you had to stand on the fucking end of the line and you had to do a minute and thirty second promo and tell them who you were as a character, what you were about and why they should pick you. Like that's, that's why I got so pissed off at this dude because, like, I have been through the ringer, dude. I have literally been mm-hmm. through bad training, spent a, almost a year homeless outside of an extended stay in, okay? And then I had to drive back home because I was like, you know what? I went and got a temporary to hire jobs just so I could get money to come back home. And I came back home. 
And uh, they're like, so uh, how is uh, your little venture into wrestling? And the guy was like, man, now I'm intrigued. I said, I wasn't done yet. And I said, when I got done, you know, trying out and didn't make it to NXT, I realized I was like, maybe this shit isn't for me. And then 2015 came, tried out again. And shit didn't pan out. So, long story short, I told this guy off because I was like, unless you are a promoter, wrestler, manager, former referee in this business, I was like, please shut your fucking cake hole. Like, it doesn't, it really irks me to hear people use terminologies outside their own comfort zone, and they don't know what they're talking about. I don't know if that irritates you, but have you ever been around a group of people that just start saying... And it's like, I have wrestling revolver, too. I was, like, standing in line, waiting in to get into Sammy's show. And out of the corner of my ear, I hear, come on, he's fucking you. Oh, that's a botch. That was a botch. I grabbed the dude by the scruff, and I said, if you don't shut up, there's going to be a botch in the chair. Understand? These guys work their asses off just to entertain you. And they don't have to. They could easily say, oh, you know what? Cancel the show. <laughs> sure. I know. There's, that segues into my next question. There is a point to this. Have you ever felt so irritated hearing stuff from fans just standing there talking? Or have you just be like, I'm just going to ignore it. I don't care. I mean, there's some people that have willpower. I don't. I just, <laughs> that's why this show is create <laughs> will actually... That's why this show was created because um, I'm, I'm sure you have not experienced drama, or maybe you have. Um, starting out busy, you said you're green. So it's good to stay out of drama. It's always good to keep your nose down, work hard. But I must ask you have you ever felt so irritated with a fan or fans that you had to walk out of the room? I. Um... I'd say no, not yet, at least. Uh, I'd say I'm not usually around the fans as far as uh, watching the show goes. But if I was, I feel Mm. like I might get a little irritated if I was. Like, have you ever... Okay, so when we get crowds again, I mean, they say appreciate them, love them. I love fans because... Mm -hmm. I said I said before, you know, like fans are the ones that buy your merchandise. They they purchase stuff yep. really, really smart. One of the things that I always discuss with workers, man, is like if you, okay, some of them read Dave Meltzer, and that shit will piss me off to no end. Why? Because when you know the results before the show, that is like being a seven-year-old at your own birthday party and some asshole – Who's like, it's not really real. He gives the rabbit a signal with his hand, and that's how he gets him out of the hat. Wrestling's like a magic show. Shut up and enjoy the show. Yep. I mean, have you ever come across those kinds of people that say, I know what's going to happen, you're going to lose, or this is going to happen. Have you ever experienced that before? Yeah, I definitely have. 
experienced it. Even with, you know, I, I'm actually still in high school, so bringing like friends down to shows that I've been on, they're always asking me, "Oh, who's gonna win this and that?" I know it's, I know it's not real, you know, stuff like that. Have you ever? Yeah, that's that's the hurtful part in professional wrestling. We have to always constantly view or hear, and like Uncle Bob just said. Or Brutal Bob Evans, sorry. Uh, what he just said um, resonates. Like, you're not going to change people's minds, but maybe you can move on and do better in your own, like, regard, like making yourself better as a worker. Use it as motivation. Like, you don't think our sport is real? You don't think it's a sport? Like, on Dark Side of the Ring, mm-hmm. for example, dude, like, John Stossel literally said, I hate people being lied to. I hate them being bullshitted. And he goes, I used to wrestle in high school. There's a fucking difference, dude. Wrestling in high school is so boring because you're in a competition and you're doing actual holds and you're throwing guys down the, the mat and you're pinning them in combination and you're submitting them. But you're not really entertaining fans. You're entertaining mom, dad, and, uh, uh, Judy, and Johnny or whomever. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, wrestling has been entertainment since the 19... Even before the 1930s. It was the carnival, you know, where you had things like terms like kayfabe and being your character and living your gimmick, like the Iron Sheik. That dude literally lives his fucking gimmick. But I, I feel like when people say, oh, yeah, it's not real, you like that fake shit, it really, <laughs> ever since been a part of wrestling, I don't know if this happens to you sometimes, it's like, okay, you crack a smile and go, they don't know what we go through. Yep. I've definitely had that happen before. And um, before I wrap things up, is there... Okay, so Ethan... How are you on uh, social media? Is there like an Instagram? Is there a Twitter? Is there a Facebook where fans can look at your videos and matches? Like where can they find I, stuff? My biggest one that I use is Facebook, uh, Ethan Everhart. Okay. Um, has your has your trainer ever mentioned like social media is a big deal in wrestling that gets you more exposure? And like, uh, like I said, I have no room to give advice because I'm not a trainer. I don't own a wrestling school, but just from experience, like I believe that Monster Factory, not just there, but if you have an Instagram, it opens up doors, you know, for promoters to look at you and go, okay, look at this kid's stuff. Um, do you ever outside of the social media stuff? So. Um, <laughs> Do you ever have someone film you doing moves at practice and, like, uh, have you ever, like, hey, I want to try this uh, over here I saw it on TV or, like, I saw someone do this, I want to try it out in the ring. Is there, you know, any way that I can do this, man? Can you film me? Have you ever had that um, experience? Yes, uh, have you ever wanted to... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you could. I definitely say so. There's a lot of moves that I see on TV or see on social media or whatever it might be that next week on tra- training days is Sunday. So I get in there and ask my trainer to go, go over to do it and get it down and do some reps, have it in, in my That's collection. Cool. 
That's cool, man. So, let's see here. Before I get off the horn here, uh, is there anybody that you want to send special shout-outs to that are listening? That, you know, oh, I do have a question from a fan. Holy shit. From the UK. Uh, he wants to ask, uh, let's see, his name is, is it Kellen? Okay, Kellen. Okay, I didn't know how to pronounce your name. So, Kellen would like to ask you, if you have the opportunity to uh, enter yourself into the Cruiserweight Classic, if they ever had that tournament, would you, would you consider participating? Uh, if the opportunity was there, I'd definitely be into that. Okay. Anything, or, Kellen, do you have any more questions for um, Ethan? Oh. Hmm. Is it all NXT related, Kellen? It's kind of funny. No, it's okay, dude. It's okay. You can ask him anything you want. Okay. This next question is, if you had a choice of wrestling Jordan Devlin, Finn Balor, or um, God Almighty, really? Um, hmm, I don't know the, yeah, mm-hmm, Cesaro, that's an odd combo. I don't think Cesaro's in NXT UK, but yeah, Imperium, I, I know Arthur, not Arthur, no, mm-mm. Uh, no, but I, I do have a good inkling of uh, Gibson, and yeah, I like their tag team. Yes, I do too. <laughs> yeah. Cesaro. Why Cesaro? I'm sorry, dude. This this guy is um, <laughs> well, that's kind of an odd question. Uh, do you want him to wrestle three guys, or do you want him to wrestle just two? Um... Mm-hmm. Walter. There we go. That makes sense. Okay, so you want him to wrestle three, three guys? Three. All right, three. Okay. And what kind of match is this? Just regular, the cage, what is it? Oh, you want them to be on his war games team. That's pretty cool. Um, against who? Wow, that's a pretty stout uh, lineup, man. That's what you were trying to comment? Okay, so it cut off right at Cesaro. But he would like you to be a part of a team against Cesaro, Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and Bronson Reed. That's a very interesting set of dudes, my man. Wow, that's a a loaded question. In war games? You want them to face each other in war games. Wow. Um, <laughs> Kellen, are you sure your head screwed on right? That's a pretty tall order, dude, for the first match in NXT. <laughs> I got well, I guess I'll ask the next question, dude. Uh, to Ethan. He says, would you be up for the challenge? Ooh, that would be a tough one. I'd be up for it. For, for war games, that's, that's pretty... Wow, dude, I love this question. 
Okay, if you had to pick between Brian Tillman Jr. or Brian Tillman Sr., who and why? Okay, so you're talking about Brian Tillman's father who passed away? Mm-hmm. How old are you? And Kellen, how old are you, dude? Oh, 34. Okay, that makes sense. Um, that's pretty cool. So, uh, Ethan, if you had to pick to face either Brian Tillman Jr., or would you want to face Daddy? And he says, Daddy's in his prime. I go, oh, boy. Okay. I'd so say he's Brian to know who you'd want to... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'd say Brian Tillman Jr. actually uh, met him down in a Waterloo Hall of Fame show, but he had to go and uh, go to the hotel so we weren't able to hang out for the after party. Never caught up with him again. Yeah, he's, um, Brian's a pretty cool dude. I actually got my picture with his dad's vest, uh, at Mania 34. Um, oh. very nice dude. Actually, he's yeah. one of the most relatable dudes to chat with and actually had him on my show. Um, he, like I said, I said, wow, you have the coolest name ever. He goes, what's yours? I go, Brian. And he goes, uh, you know, what's your last name? I said, I don't like using my last name, so it's Brian Rails. He goes, really? That's kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, he goes, any particular yeah. reason why it's Brian Rails? I said, well, uh, I hate to sound fucking copycat-like for gimmick, but my um, my manager name that I go by is Brian Rails, but for fans that piss me off, they call me B-Train. <laughs> and they're like, well, that makes total sense. And he goes, what's the gimmick? I said, when they start chanting B-Train, B-Train, it's like when they, when Cornette would, you know, get the crowd hyped with his tennis racket on the apron, fucking genius. I don't care what Russo or anybody else says. Him, Heenan, and maybe uh, maybe select few managers like D.B. Um Fuji, with the powder, you know, when he was Yokozuna. I, Cornette, yeah. I don't care what you say about him, dude. May seem racist to you and, and may seem a bit fascist and old-fashioned. But guess what? He's funny as fuck, and he's a good manager. Yep. Nicest dude. But, Ethan, uh, let's see. Oh, wow, we went past the hour. I want to thank you for being on Off the Rails Uncensored. Right before my show's five-year anniversary, dude, it's a pleasure to have you on here. I hope to have you on again. Um, For sure. Before I I let you go, is there any shout-outs to family, friends listening to this episode? Um, I'd shout-out just uh, my mom and, yeah, my mom. Any particular friends that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, Billy Booth and uh, Gable Ford. Yeah. All right, Ethan. Thank you so much, dude, for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. All right, folks. That was Ethan Everhart and. Yep. If you want to download the show, it's free on iTunes. Ethan, thank you so much, dude, for being on the show. 
And if you would like to contact Ethan, you know, he has a Facebook page, Ethan Everhart. Um, I will probably message him after the show is done and over with, but right now, again, we'd like to thank you for being on the show, folks. <clears throat> so, wow. That interview was, you know, it was a lot of fun. Now we've got ground to cover, folks, with an hour left in the show, or less than an hour and 53 minutes left, to be exact. But we're not on time. We're talking about pro wrestling in general. Sir Roderick Strong talked about, but let me actually get the actual whole results of NXT before I pull them up. So Shaquille O'Neal goes one-on-one with Cody Rhodes on AEW. Interesting. So, I should go over AEW? Is that what you're telling me? Okay. I'll go over AEW first and, and just switch it up. Not Forbes.com. No, thank you. They only give me matches. They don't give me results. No. Mm-hmm. Sports Kita, I like a little bit. Okay. So, I've done as destroyed WWE Superstars Live. Jesus Christ. Okay, Cody Rhodes accompanies new female star. Oh, is AEW Dark? No, is AEW Dynamite? Sports Kita, you assholes. Bleacher Report, Bleacher Report, Pro Wrestling, BodySlam.net. Mm-hmm. I like this. Wrestling Inc. So, crossing the air PM Eastern Time. Click through this. Uh, Tully Blanchard. FTR and Tully Blanchard versus. Why is Tully Blanchard getting in the ring? Maybe because he's awesome. I don't know. Just out of curiosity, I'm not... Why? <laughs> I just read something that made me go, what the hell? Tully Blanchard gets in the ring. So Paul White made his first appearance. Cody Rhodes in Red Velvet with Arn Anderson versus Shaq and Jade Cargill. Hangman Page and John Silver versus Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn. Ten... Versus Max Caster with Anthony Bowens. Okay, so this is a card for uh, Revolution. Right? Or no, maybe it was tonight. Who knows? Can somebody please give me the results of AEW Dynamite tonight? Just out of curiosity. So, oh, hey, maybe not. AEW Dark results, Body Slam results, blah, blah, blah. They'd beat Cody and Red Velvet. No, dude. Phoenix defeats John Schuyler in D3, MJF, Chris Jericho, press conference, FTR, until we glance defeat Paul White. They're starting to hang themselves with a fucking imaginary noose, dude. Not because, because okay. Some of the results are not, you know, it's hard subject to change type thing. But NXT tonight, in comparison to AEW Dynamite, and it's just probably a bias of mine. I'm just going to be fucking honest with you. NXT, a much better job storytelling-wise. Uh, as far as Cameron Grimes coming out of retirement or out of whatever funk he was in. But um, I just... For the life of me, the, the women's tag team has told a great story. Maybe it's a build for WrestleMania 37. But I don't think that would be the team that would put themselves on a pedestal. They did win the Dusty Classic, but it is, they might be the most 
formidable tag team out of NXT to win the titles? I don't know. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, did they just turn babyface, really? They're both. So normally they're the heels. I don't really see them as heels now that what they did with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. It was a good fucking – it was a, a good storytelling match for the Women's Tag Team Championship on NXT. And I also the hilarity of The Way and Johnny Gargano. And Candice and NDR. Oh, my God, dude. It was fucking gold with Austin Theory and the therapist. It was so fucking amazing. Um, I didn't really – I mean, I caught most of tonight's matches. Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong. Timothy Thatcher and Ciampa versus uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. I mean, it was – by far, I mean, they're, they're switching things around. Isaiah Swerve Scott was basically promoing himself. So, um, yeah, it was good all around. And NXT, I'm going to read their results because I cannot for the life of me find AEW Dynamite results tonight, although I just read them. I don't like reading just so I can get a gist of what happened, but Paul White losing to them. There had to been something involved with an interference Type thing that had to be something. Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard criticized rumor WWE WrestleMania 30, 37 idea. Pritchard works on WWE storylines alongside McMahon as the executive director of Raw SmackDown. One of the biggest storylines in the film is that WrestleMania 37 took place when Lashley. He's not a transitional champion. That's not. And Russo, why? Why do you care? I thought you said you and your show was about not talking about wrestling. You can talk about your grandmother, your mother, your cousin. You said so on Dark Side of the Ring, and you also said so some reason during WrestleCon, and that's funny. WrestleCon's full of what? Professional wrestling. You seen Vince Russo there? Yes, because his name pops up on the fucking list every year. Anyways, let me get back to NXT. Nice. So, SB Nation. Only working Danny Birch, NXT Tag Team Champions versus Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, non-title match. Imperium had a history with Thatcher. I completely forgot about that, too. Only working. And Danny Birch. Okay. Finn Balor come out and talk to Roderick Strong. Let them fight. Let them fight. Yes. The way he goes to therapy. This was great. The way he goes to therapy was fucking gold. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Ruined Christmas. Gargano. You know what? I used to not like Johnny Gargano because everyone and their brother's fucking mother loved Gargano and what he did. You know. Oh, Grimes and Bronson Reed. So I think L.A. Knight, yes, L.A. Knight gave him the assist in that match. Aaliyah versus Ember Moon, good match, good pace. Ember Moon hits the Eclipse, one, two, three. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Even though Dakota Kai was not the legal woman, she still tapped out. And Adam Pierce. 
kind of like a Montreal screwjob. Sorry, folks. Have a brief moment. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I was not the legal woman, and then Gonzalez got bombarded out of the ring by Jax into the referee. And it was chaos. There was a Raw official that called for the match, and it was not like a Montreal screwjob where Dakota Kai got up and spit on Vic Joseph or spit on Triple H. I'm sorry. That's another story for another day, and that's the imagination that runs through my head. So, all right, folks, um, bear with me. I'm on for therapy for the way it continues. Dr. Nikolai wants to know why Dr. Loomis has had a Zion Austin theory. So, L.A. Knight speaks his piece. And see here, Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes. The bell rings, and Grimes standing on Cameron Reed. He punches him in the face. Near sits, you know, Reed sits on him for a near fall. Yeah, that was funny. Um, let's see here. Beverly Knight locks up Reed off the top, and Grime hits a cave in for the pin. Say what? I like that they had to say what. The winner of this contest, Cameron Grimes. Okay, cool. More therapy with the way. They're all going to Chuck E. Cheese. That's just great. Everrise versus Brizongo. No contest because Santos Escobar got the shit beat out of him supposedly last week and he comes back. Don't you love wrestling? Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong in a non title match. So let me see here. Finn Balor. So then Adam Cole to the top of the stage. There's a, I wonder if Adam Cole's going to be the champion again. Who knows? He's at the top of the stage and he points to Finn and says, you're mine. Very interesting, folks. Very, very, very interesting. So, tonight, folks, this show is going to feature several expletives. Okay? This the following content of Off the Rails Uncensored. will feature several expletives and offensive language. If you have minors under the age of 18, I suggest you put cotton in their ears or put headsets with their horrible, horrible music, some of them, and let them not listen to this show. I cannot guarantee that anyone will remain the same after they listen to this shit. Why? Because it's either going to offend you or allow you to, well, think differently and change your MO. Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast that was coined and phrased Off the Rails Uncensored on March 7, 2016. So the five-year anniversary is on the cusp, ladies and gentlefolk, okay? 42 minutes left, and any likeness or reproduction or audio recordings without the consent and permission of Off the Rails Uncensored and Russell Radio Network is strictly prohibited. All Rights Reserved, 2020 Incorporated. All that good jazz, and there's something I got to do. Monkeys in the truck, can you please hit my music? Yep. Look in my eyes, what do you see? 
tonight, questions were answered by our guest, Ethan Everhart, about professional wrestling. We know he's brand new and uh, will definitely be in touch. And I would like to thank him for being on my show tonight. And also, I want to say I hope and wish you the best of luck in your future because the future is bright for anyone, my friend. You can definitely make it in this business. Whether someone tells you you can or cannot, it's not up to them, it's up to you. So thank you, dude. Also, those of you listening in Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Canada, Canada, the Philippines, Taipei, Taiwan, Tokyo, Japan. Oh, did I mention the good old U.S. of A.? Mexico City, Mexico, Cancun, whoever's got a radio on Germany, Italy, Probably mentioned you all already, but thank you guys for listening to this craziness, better known as Off the Rails Uncensored. And I did say we're going to be new and improved, and I got to get the ball rolling on that, folks. But tonight, there's some definite uh, question marks like uh, it's going to kill AEW or it's going to propel them and get attention. And like Shaquille O'Neal's wrestling in AEW, and there'll probably be a report on ESPN and what have you. I honestly, folks. Um, I'm expecting just to see a show. I, I'm excited to go see a wrestling show. I might be going to Guthrie, Oklahoma. I may not be going to Guthrie, Oklahoma. That's uh, completely up to the powers of being, you know, where I work. So, what am I getting at tonight? Am I going to bash AEW? Am I going to... Say I love what you did, but you know, change the motif. Look, wrestling is wrestling. You give us a show, and you either love it, you hate it, you criticize it, you cynicize about it. But here's the deal: AEW's results versus NXT's. It's like they're stepping up their game or something, man. Gotta love every fucking second of this because competitive wrestling is what we. Some of us fans had back in the day, and oh, I'm sorry, my apologies, Jim Crockett, the dude who was responsible for the territories back in the day, God rest your soul, we hear it off the rails uncensored, we'd like to pause 10 seconds in remembrance of the late and great Jim Crockett. Outside You know, there's so many positive things going on right now. It's baseball season. It's we all get to go back to arenas again here in New York. Um there's a lot of things that is going on that make you go God, I'm so glad to be alive, you know? Yeah, I know the results really didn't please, or not please, but Shaquille O'Neal and Jay Cargill, like, really? It got you to talking about it, but this, and what kind of, it's just, I'm not going to waste my energy or emotion on it, but I am going to be blunt with it. 
Shaquille O'Neal is a big name, and wrestling Cody Rhodes is a big name. You want to appease? They're not WWE, where the celebrity that's participating is going to get a fucking big general pop, like Dennis Rodman or Carl Malone back in the day, or Jay Leno, for example, in WCW. Are they there for? Oh, you suck! You know what would you have done? I'm reading through questions, and this is great. Why do you hate on AEW so much? Why do you bash them? Why even care to talk about them if you're just going to be negative? Because somebody needs to tell the fucking truth about you know, or not, but express. I'm able to express my opinion, ain't I? I've got a feeling that, you know, if they keep doing this stuff, Tully Blanchard has no business being in the fucking ring. What in the hell, dude? Just like some guys are like, well, I can still go. I can still give it a go. Like, really? So what happens when your leg falls off or you injure yourself really bad or better yet have a heart attack in the ring? What are you going to do then? These guys are fucking legends sitting in the ring, and they're – Facing off with Paul White Really So it didn't take long for him to come out of retirement And have a two on one Handicap match I can honestly say The most irritating fucking thing That could ever come across Was just like Not just the results, but yes, I will post them later. The pictures. Um, I'm sorry, I'm answering fan questions at the top. I just feel like it's 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 not necessary. If you have the wrestler go over the celebrity, like I guess I don't want to come to your company no more. Like really. You barely fuck train in wrestling and you're going to sit there and dictate the fucking results? Jade Cargill looks like she comes out of a Esquire magazine or whatever. Like she's a model pinup girl. She knows what she's doing. I don't fucking think so. So you have a mixed tag match to start off, you know, what goes on in the show. And then you have results that make no fucking sense whatsoever. And you expect people to tune back in because you're the new shiny toy. Watch people be like, I still like AEW over WWE. I thought it was great. If you're basing it off of, I like it more than their company, that's fine. People can be relating because they just got fed up with what WWE was doing. But now things are starting to turn the fucking corner. And by turn the corner, I mean... Look at the stories going on. I actually sat through an entire show, guys. This is a shock because normally I just sit on the fucking couch and fall asleep and snooze. I watched it all the way through NXT. And they're like, well, you didn't realize some of the matches. Well, because I was busy prepping for tonight's show. But I still peeked up and saw what was on the TV because it was very intriguing. It was very compelling TV. And that's what NXT is known for. They're known for... Revamping the cycle, having stuff be reborn, having new feuds with new characters or characters that have cycled through and earned their way to a championship or 
new tag teams are formed, and now the women's tag team division is forming. So, you know, things are starting to look up for WWE, considering the fact they've had no audience, just like AEW. Well, AEW's had an audience at the amphitheater or whatever in Jacksonville. The Capital Wrestling Center was created because of the pandemic, you know, at full sale. So... I like what they're doing with Gargano and the way I used like, okay, is this just going to be nothing more than a comedic group? So they're making it work. AEW has stars. And did you watch the matches? No, I'm probably going to watch it on DVR and judge for myself whether or not Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill was actually worth watching. And that's not the only focus, but you have Tully Blanchard getting in the ring at, at his age. Why? That's just like when Jake the Snake get in the ring, DDT, whomever it, FTR, and so and so versus the Revive, okay, versus Jurassic Express, like really, okay. Um, I'm not quite sure how to put into words what a clusterfuck of a card it was, but even my friend who was a longtime wrestling fan would sit there and tell you, I don't give a fuck as long as it entertains. It's more about the content. You know, for, for her, it's different. She probably, please don't say my name, you fucker. I'm not going to because I don't want to die an early death. But she knows who she is. She's in Kentucky. And there are the doubt. What I'm getting at is the bias in this world as fans is like, I try to give AEW a chance, but when I just read the results, it made my head spin. Even if they're good guys as celebrities, they still don't have a place other than, okay, we need ratings. And it just, it bogs my mind how he can now say, I have a victory over Cody Rhodes. The fuck in the hell is going on around here? Well, it's not for much the victory. You know, dude, do not sit there and lecture me, please. I ain't sure... How? I'm not sure why, but when I read the results for AEW, it's like, I um, okay, I guess I'm not gonna sit there and torture myself. Maybe I will torture myself because I'm psychotic like that to watch the entire show through its entirety and then make judgment or make you know make observation. I should not judgment observation. Or whether or not it's worthy of continuing to watch AEW. And I do have that choice, by the way. I do have that choice to sit there and watch it all the way through and be like, you know, my critiques and my cynicisms were correct on AEW. When you got a full roster of talent and just sits there and like, okay, we're going to all lose tonight, blah, blah, blah. And whoever the fucking creative and booking team is, what the fuck are you doing? You go to appease an old ass celebrity who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and a woman who probably was like, "Oh, you know, I'd be fun to join wrestling." I have fucking feeling that's what she sounds like too. The results do they warrant question marks? Yes, because whether or not you agree with me. This is what I observed in the result. 
and also the same video that my roommate is currently showing me. This match looks like it's the drizzling shits. I I know you're trying to hold back your fucking laughter, Ben, but it looks like the drizzling shits. Those who wrestle in AEW, not all of you are bad. But boy, you know, if this turns into a thing about edging out WWE talent-wise and making sure your show is better than them, all I can say is bring it on, man. Because WrestleMania is coming up, and it's two nights long on Peacock or whatever. It's a bigger platform, and so far WWE has not. I mean, they have given the fans exactly what we wanted to see. You know, Lashley wins the championship. Baszler and Nia Jax are the women's tag team champions. But anyways, I don't know if anybody wants to see certain things from certain wrestlers, but what I do know is is that when you present a show, it should be presented as if it's to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense sometimes, but when you have you have a build, right? So you had Jade Cargill and Shaquille O'Neal challenging Brandy Rhodes originally and Cody. But Cody can't have Brandy in the ring because she's pregnant. Ergo, he had to find a replacement. Red Velvet. And you're telling me that two professionals can't beat two celebrities. Celebrities that are probably like, I train in wrestling. I know how to do this shit. Yeah, because it's your fucking side hobby. That's just the honest to God fucking truth. Alright? Not that... You do it for a living. You just like, well, I have respect for wrestling. Please say wrestling, not wrestling. It's one of pet peeves. But I'll let it go. Because I know that people are going to be like, it's wrestling. No. No. Anyhow. So, as I've continued, I, I've, I've watched both NXT and AEW progressively. You know, as like from their progressions. NXT was a bit dull at first and kind of like started off not, you know, doing what they were supposed to be doing, which is entertain. They were just going through the motion, getting on the mic like main roster and then having matches afterwards. And it's like, I feel like there really wasn't anything substance behind NXT. And that's sad to say because I love, I love that group. I love the black and gold brand. And AEW came around. And AEW for a minute, you know, it started off good, and then their story started to go all over the fucking place. And there was no consistency between characters, you know. And then the death of Brody Lee happened, and that brought both sides together. And after his death, it still turned into the same goddamn pattern. Let's have a match that makes no fucking sense. And some people are like, why does it have to make sense? Gee, I wonder, you know, some people like logic in things. And wrestling, is there any such thing as logic? Depends. There has to be a story 
that's being told by the workers themselves to entertain the fans. If that story keeps going all over the place and looping around, and then you add celebrities into it, cool, whatever, and then you're left wondering, as a fan, like, do they really fucking honestly think that a celebrity is going to bring them ratings? It depends on the celebrity. Shaquille O'Neal's fucking old and tired, and he's a legend in basketball, not in wrestling. He's been involved in wrestling how many times? Maybe one, two, three. I don't know if he was in the Royal Rumble or not. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But I, what I understand is the kind of celebrity wing for Hall of Fame, which is a joke, in WWE and Snoop Dogg, and I don't know if Shaquille O'Neal is a part of it yet, but I do know that his participation in the match was probably not warranted by a lot of fans, and they're just like, oh, great, Shaquille O'Neal. They're like, wow, he beat Cody. You guys are fucking dumb. In the sense, they think that AEW is better because they're both wrestling companies, AEW and WWE. They're companies in which provide entertainment through a different means and a different method. One, in particular, has great stories. Some not great stories, but they're stories nonetheless, and they have builds to them. AEW had builds and stories to them for their feuds between Cody Rhodes and Shaquille O'Neal. Before Brandy got pregnant, you know. Not just that focus, but the matches AEW has has to always include some off-the-wall bullshit, you know, barbed wire two-by-fours or barbed wire uh, brooms. And Omega, anyone? And the broom handle almost impaled Pac's finger. Because, son of a bitch, if you don't fucking cut that shit properly, it's going to impale your hand, or you're not going to have fuck. Yeah, it's going to impale your finger and impale your entire fucking wrist if you do it properly in a psychotic way. God, I hope not. But the point I'm trying to make is there's good and bad in AEW. There's good and bad in NXT. It may seem like I'm being totally biased and rooting for NXT this entire fucking time, but I'm just being honest with you. If I was to sit and watch both side by side simultaneously, it would just... They're like, would you watch uh, AEW? I don't like calling it that. Would you watch AEW? Um, yeah, I would watch both, to be honest, if you're asking me that question, because I want to compare and contrast on a notebook and then write it into my laptop and say, okay, I like this, but I dislike this. I like that, but I did not like this. That's pretty much what I would do. I wouldn't say, I didn't like the heel in this match. I thought he could have just... No. If you tell me a fucking story as a worker to a fan, then I will gladly watch your product. If you don't tell me a story and your shit is all over the place, like one big fucking clusterfuck, no, I will not watch your shit. And I have that choice, thank God, as a fan, as a person, as an individual. Some people view shit differently. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. It told a story, didn't it? It made you talk about it. It's not just about fucking talking about shit. It's about putting 
a story out there that's relatable and simple enough to fucking understand. If your story is bouncing from one end of the spectrum to the next, why should I tune in and watch your shit? That's what I'm getting at. If I cannot follow what you are doing, they're like, well, they have bills. They have stories they're getting centered around. Like, you have a 61-year-old worker, and you're bitching about a 54-year-old man who, yes, he did completely destroy the whole mode of The Undertaker, you know, and him in Saudi Arabia. And I say, you know... Goldberg was a part of my childhood because the dude was literally the only person who was undefeated for over 150-plus matches, the only undefeated person to win a World Heavyweight Championship belt. And he took it off of Hogan, which was a pretty big deal, but he did it on fucking Nitro. Are we going to care about that shit when we're younger? No. Are we going to psychoanalyze everything that comes out as negative? No. But I can tell you this. I sat there and watched the DVR from AEW, and I said to myself, there are a lot of things going on with this show that most people would be like, oh, I remember this in WWE, but they do it better. Are you fucking kidding me? When Kirishita bit somebody on the neck, that was very Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch. Raw 2018-19. Actually, it's 2000. Yeah. Shayna tried a feud with Becky, but it didn't fucking work. So they sent Shayna back down. I don't know when Becky's coming back, and honestly, you know, I'm going to be pretty much... uh, I got a message on Facebook. Where am I going? Uh, Where am I going with this? Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you right now. Both companies are striving to allow their fans to get the best out of their fucking product. But one company is failing miserably is they're they're like running chick, like running like chickens with their fucking heads cut off. AEW and Hunter was right. Give it about 5 6 years and then they'll come knocking on my door for jobs. Maybe it won't be that, you know, extreme. But when you look at what AEW's done so far, they did a great job their first year, and they beat WWE in ratings. Guaranteed, they'll still beat them in ratings. But the problem is, when you don't have connecting stories and builds that make any kind of damn sense whatsoever, and I'll probably get disputed on this. We're like, what are you talking about? So where does Sting fall into this equation? And then he comes there and doesn't even feud with a a group that's he's feuding with Brian Cage. God almighty, dude. He is not Hogan. He is not Goldberg. He is not Bret Hart. He is not Nash, Paul. Any of the guys that Sting used to manhandle back in WCW. The guy is 61, yes. And he does Tremendously as far as You know his age goes But I'm the real Like it's just It's so bad I know I have you know Aspirations to watch Certain companies Because I want to be the podcast that Actually knows His stuff And doesn't just fucking guess and read off A piece of paper or on the web 
that's just my personal take on it, okay? So, hmm. I had plenty of time to reflect on this, so I'm going to finish it with this. If you don't keep things simple, stupid, some fans will leave. Some fans will be like, you're fucking crazy. They're doing a great job. Mm, So-so, from my observation. NXT is telling a huge story. And it's like Finn Balor, the like the triangle between like we were fine until you got here, Roderick said. Some people love that kind of drama. I like I'm intrigued by all kinds of facets. You have the comedy wrestler, you have the manipulator, the con artist, you've got characters that are got so many layers to them. Dexter Loomis is one of them. You've got a f- actual female division. I'm not saying that Britt Baker and them are not, but fucking Christ. Are they are they serious with this shit? Nothing ever stays consistent in their female division in AEW. Also, there's like a plethora of talent. And by plethora, I mean you have enough talent to choke a horse with. There's over like maybe 70 to 80 people on the fucking roster. They're not even included on the website for AEW. So, again, keep things simple, stupid. Remember, consistent stories is what draws people in and also stories that are compelling and intriguing and all kinds of fun shit, all right? So, I'm going to end the night with saying, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Until those bitches, I gotta go to sleep for work. So, I love you all. Thank you for listening to my crazy ass. Oh, but before I go, if you'd like to attend a a real good wrestling school, go to www.monsterfactory.org. That is www.monsterfactory.org. Do not email the office. There's a phone number located directly on the website. There's a documentary that was on it's on Fight Network about Monster Factory and it's badass. Danny Cage is one of the best dudes I know around wrestling. I know he's probably going to say, really? You pick me? Because why? He's Danny Cage. He's produced Matt Riddle, Sheamus, the Good Brothers, Luke and Carl. So you got to ask, like, got to ask yourselves, do you want to attend this school? Yes. Invest in yourselves. There are payment plans. Also, wear masks. The entire practice, you know, COVID-19, they're doing birthday parties again, but, you know, wearing masks, they're being responsible. So, wear masks the entire practice, be fine. You won't even notice. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But anyways, folks, I got, you know, I have to go to those bitches. I love you. Have a good evening and happy early St. Drunk's Day. I mean, St. Patrick's Day. Good night, toodles for real. Toodles, bitches.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.